And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Ship Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Network. I am your host, Lionel Shipman, and thank you so much for tuning in uh, this evening. And I also want to thank God for another day, another day to make a difference, a positive difference in the lives of other people. Well, tonight we have a very uh, special guest uh, here on the show. Uh, We will be discussing uh, financial literacy for our youth. Uh, So please stay tuned for that segment uh, with Ms. Krista Cavallari. The call-in number tonight is 917-889-8078. Again, that number is 917-889-8078. You can call in, uh, give your comments, or either ask your questions. Uh, The CWR Talk Network uh, will be hosting um, a live virtual town hall event on June the 19th. Uh, So stay tuned to this announcement. Wake up, America. Today we are a country divided because of racism, hatred, and injustice. But racism will not define us and hatred will not defeat us because that is not who the majority of us are. But we seldom come together as one to have an open dialogue about the racism plaguing our country and how it affects individual ethnic communities and our nation as a whole. That is why the CWR Talk Network has assembled a phenomenal team from various backgrounds and ethnicities to discuss how to overcome the racial divide in America. This special two-hour live online virtual town hall event will be held on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and sign up for our newsletter for updates and more details. Don't miss this very special event on Tuesday, June 19th, designed to stop the hate by learning to better communicate. If you are interested in participating or sponsoring this event, contact us by email at info at cwrtalknetwork.com. That's info at cwrtalknetwork.com. Together, we can unite America. So I want to encourage all of you, if you have not gone to the CWR Talk Network website, uh, it's www.cwrtalknetwork.com. And while you're there, sign up for our monthly uh, newsletter. Uh, you will find some great information about what is going on, you know, in our world around us, as well as a summary of all of the shows that we have here on the CWR Talk Network. And for those of you that don't know, you've probably heard me mention uh, a few times on past episodes, you can listen to all of our programming or basically all of the programs that we have here on the CWR Talk Network. Uh, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, but you can also have a you can if you go to our website at the CWR Talk Network uh, website, you was you can click on each host of the different shows, 
and you can actually hear a replay of any of our past shows. So while we have a guest on tonight, I always want to make sure that we allocate enough time for our guests. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we return from our break, we'll go right into our conversation with our guest tonight. Listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances Show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Talk Network. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at DoIHavePrediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio, you're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh, my. I read that wrong. <laughs> they can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shake Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Talk Network. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about financial literacy. Uh, Krista started her career in a large investment bank, a large investment trading foreign exchange, I would say. Uh, after seeing the debacle of the financial crisis unfold, she realized she knew very little about her own finances. It was that experience coupled with a strong desire to move back home, which prompted her to investigate a career in financial planning. Krista started in the financial planning industry in 2010 and has seen the full gambit of what is out there. She realized rather quickly after working in a warehouse, an insurance firm, and finally with a holistic financial planning firm, just what kind of advisor she wanted to be. After some time with her prior firm, she realized her passion was to help her peers and younger generation. Not really a popular ideal in the traditional financial advising community. It was through this passion that Evolve Capital was formed. So help me welcome to the show tonight, Miss Krista, Krista Cavallari. See, I knew I was going to mess up your name, Krista. Thank you so much for... I really appreciate it. Oh, great. Thank you again for being here on the show. So... We're just going to jump right into it, uh, seeing that you have, I mean, just a personal uh, testimony, I would say, of with your finances and all. How, answer this. How was your money experience growing up? 
You know, I think that that is an unbelievably good question. I think that's something everyone should think about is um, how, how it was approached as they were growing up. And for me, I can remember certain conversations with my parents about an allowance and I should get a little bit more. And I mean, we're talking like 50 cents at the time. Um, And there wasn't a lot of conversation about more intricate things with money as I got older. I always saved all my money for my birthdays and Christmases, knowing that I was going to go out and spend it on something that I wanted. But that was not really an active conversation in my household. And, you know, as I approached college age, there, again, there was not really a conversation with me about what I was going to do to with my to make money to have food to eat or if I wanted to go out with my friends. There was really no conversation about that. And there also was no conversation about credit card debt. And back then, this was the early, well, it was 1998, they still had people who were out on campuses signing kids up. You didn't need a co-signer. Mm-hmm. If you were 18, you could have a credit card. And yep. this a lot of people who had no idea, myself included, I racked up for, for having no income. I racked up some, like, as much as they would give me, I think it was $500. But still, when <laughs> you have no money, $500 may as well be $1,000. So yes. there, I certainly went into my adulthood fairly ignorant of my financial situation and how to handle money in general and everything that I learned and things that I did were very much self-taught. And I find that a lot of my clients come to me in the same way. They, their parents may have been very, very frugal, or maybe their parents were spendthrifts, but they still didn't talk to them actively about any, anything that was going on with them financially. And so then how that parlayed itself onto their kids and my now clients, it's very interesting to see some of them, just won't spend any money and then some of them are in a good amount of personal debt because they weren't necessarily educated about how it was going to be when they entered the workforce and did things on their own. You know what? You and myself and probably several people that are listening had similar upbringing, you know, regarding not having that sit down teaching you about money and, you know, about credit card uh, it just didn't happen. I, I have a similar story as you did, and I, I know we've talked before, and I may mention about, you know, the two things that I learned from my parents. You know, they don't spend more money than you have, and my dad, I, it still rings in my head right now, don't live a champagne life on a beer budget. And uh, it, 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 it stuck with me even to this day. And to hear you say that, you know, you didn't learn it until your adult years, but it was never too late. You, you picked up on it and here you are right now today uh, in the financial world, teaching others how to manage their money. So That's right. And it's yeah. really important to think about, you know, where you came from in your relationship with money, because that can help inform you about the decisions that you're making which is why I really like that question. I think that if people have a moment to reflect about how they regarded money as they, when they were growing up, it allows them to think, okay, is this something that I want to take forward with me or is it something I want to change? Right. Absolutely. Now tell us, uh, uh, you mentioned, we mentioned in the bio uh, about your uh, company, Evolve Capital. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do 
and the clientele that you uh, specifically uh, work with, and what are you doing in planning for the next generation? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so I focus on my younger, my average client age is 37. And uh, I am very proud of the fact that I am able to help people who ordinarily would be turned away in the financial advising community because they don't have what we call, you know, assets to manage, meaning they don't have a whole lot of savings. But those people very much need help. And they have a ton of potential. And without being provided the proper guidance at these early ages, well, they may not get to where they need to be as they approach retirement. And so that's why I was very passionate about starting this business, specifically focusing on these people. And what I find, it's very interesting because my my history in financial planning is that I was working with retirees, the typical person, you know, that you expect to people to work with when you hear that they're financial advisors. And so I, even though I am young, I was a little bit ignorant as to what young people would need. And so it's been a very cool learning experience. And I've found that there's a lot more budgeting that goes on, which I love um, because it's very eye opening, I think, to help people see where their money is going and show them that if we just make some tweaks here and some changes there, like we can attain a lot of goals. We just need to be a little bit more mindful and thoughtful about it. And budgeting is never, it's like a bad word. Nobody ever wants to talk about budgeting, but <laughs> it, it can be easy and, and it can be something that it doesn't have to weigh you down and you don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but it can give you so much empowerment and it can really help you realize things that you want out of life. Right. And and for me personally, I look at budgeting as a means of uh, uh, my money telling me what I can do versus what yes. I can't do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I always try to look absolutely. at the, yeah, the flip side. Yeah. 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 You know I mean? That's right. Yeah. Because you, when you look at. Yeah. Thank you. When you look at companies, uh, you know, today, they operate and function off of budgets and look at the monies that they been able to allocate toward the good. So I look at that for me personally. Uh, budgeting tells me what I can do with my money. You yeah. know, for instance, you know, for instance, you know, in the next uh, weeks or so, uh, my family and I, uh, we, well, we always take a cruise vacation during the summer. So we're looking forward to that cruise vacation coming up. And had I not budgeted or have I not planned for it, we wouldn't be going on that uh, cruise vacation. So here it is. Right. It, it it helped me determine. Hey, we're going on a cruise. We're going on a vacation this year. So uh, so it's a good flip side yes. that I look at when it comes to budgeting. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, you know, it's that manicure and pedicure that you maybe want to get once a month, or it's the ability to splurge on yourself because you have a little extra and you know you're not gonna put it on a credit card and go into debt because maybe you're having a bad day and you need to do a little something for yourself. And I think it's really fantastic. And it also helps people to say, you know, I can put $20 in my 401k or other retirement plan and it doesn't affect me at all. Like I don't even notice that it's gone. And they, they sometimes have no idea that it's just a little tweak that we have to make. Maybe, you know, one less time that they go to target 
or they put something away they don't really need. And then instead we just put that $20 in your retirement account and they're like, you know, I didn't need it. And I feel so much better about myself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And once you do it, once you start, uh, it's, it's almost like exercising. Everyone dreads that first couple of days of exercising, but once you get into the rhythm and you're looking at where you're trying to go, what you're trying to achieve, uh, it becomes easier and easier uh, and you learn every day uh, along the way. So now, yes, now in, yeah, yeah. Now, in regarding uh, financial literacy, uh, you know, yeah. this being the topic of it tonight, why why is you know money management and financial literacy? Why is that important for our children? You know, it is. Um, it's like a, I'm so passionate that I sometimes feel I can't even properly articulate. I'm so into it. Uh, it's, it's really giving your children so much basis, not just about, about money, but about a value system. So, you know, in this day and age, everyone has Amazon Prime. And so these packages are arriving like on a daily basis to your house. And your kids, they're not, they're not missing that. Like they know. And I have – my oldest now is three. She'll be four soon. But at two, she already knew that something was coming, and there was a package, and she would get excited, and she didn't care if it was diapers. She just was like, something's coming. You know, and it's very cute, but at the same time, you have to pause and think, what am I teaching her? I'm teaching her that I, I'm buying stuff, and it's like the thrill and the excitement of getting something, and who even cares what it is? And so... Even as a financial planner, you know, when you have kids, you enter an unknown and you're trying to navigate tantrums and jealousy between siblings for things that they get. And it, you, you do need to make a very – you need to be very thoughtful and you need to not ignore it and you need to approach it and talk to the kids because if you just let them think that, yeah, these brown packages with a smiley face arrow are going to come on an every other day basis and we're all going to be so happy, that is something that you're teaching them about how they're going to handle their future. And so it isn't, it's about like that gratification and, you know, it, it's very, it's just so important. And even when you're at the grocery store, like, to avoid a tantrum, maybe you just buy this toy that they've been holding because you just can't take it. But even though it's a struggle you and you don't want to have that tantrum in the store and you don't want to have everyone staring at you and then you start getting hot, like it is something you need to, you need to think about and you need to have a plan and you need to make sure that you know what you're going to say and you don't just let these things slide and you don't just give in every time because all those things and you're not addressing them, that's teaching your kids something. And you still, you need to make sure, is this something that I want to teach them? And it starts at a very, very early age, you know, like my daughter, my, so when she was two, our youngest was one and um, she was learning how to drink out of a, a not, not out of a bottle, out of like a straw. So we bought a fun pink cup and So my daughter, my oldest daughter saw it and she was like, she loved it. And she wanted the pink cup. And I was like, but you're a big girl. You don't need this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I just couldn't take it. And I I heard myself say, don't worry, mommy will buy you one tomorrow. So what did I do? I went to the store and I bought her one. And I got home and I was like, feeling so good about myself. Like, yeah, I avoided something some tantrum and it's going to be awesome. She's going to be so happy. Mommy's the best. 
and yeah. I give it to her, and then I go to the cupboard, and I pull out a different type of cup for our little one to learn how to drink out of. And then my oldest says again, hey, I want that cup. And I was like, no, no, you can't. I just got you this one. You don't need this one. This is for babies. And she said, that's okay. Right. You'll buy me one tomorrow. And I was oh. like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? So that's yeah. when it really clicked with me that I needed to be even at two I couldn't just glance over these things. I really needed to be more thoughtful about what I said and the way I approached stuff with her. And so, you know, I did not, thankfully, I didn't cave again and buy her a cup. Um, (laughs) But we we definitely have those. They're uncomfortable. I mean, talking to your kid about things that they may not necessarily understand, but you know you need to say something, they're, they're not the most fun conversations. But I feel very good that I, my husband and I, take the time to talk to her about it so that she knows. And so now she loves when if someone gives her like a quarter, she can't wait to put it in her piggy bank. And she just wants to empty her piggy bank just to take it out and put it back in. She, and she knows that she could buy something. We tell her like, you could save this to share with someone. You can save it to buy yourself something. She's no interest. She just wants to save it. And you know, that comes at its own price too, but (laughs) um, absolutely. Yeah, so there's a fine, there's a very fine line there, but it, you, I see, and I think that people sometimes don't realize just how important it is, and it's so important from early stages, and it's never too late. You absolutely can teach older kids. There are very good programs that help teenagers learn stuff, but is if you have to do something, and if you choose to do nothing, you're still doing something. You just don't know if that's the something you want your kids to go into the world with. Absolutely. I always uh, have said that doing nothing is a choice. Yes. It Absolutely. Really yeah. yeah. If you choose Absolutely. to do nothing, that there's an outcome or there's a consequence of just doing nothing. And yes. I mean, you hit on, you hit on something real important, you know, with your own children, you started early no, you didn't start teaching them about, you know, assets, uh, uh, minus liability, I mean, equals liabilities, right, yes. net worth. You didn't get into that detail. But you began to, to instill some just some basic principles where they can understand it at their level. And now right. you're building upon that right now. And I think that's where a lot of time we as parents don't feel that, you know, or we feel that our kids are too young to grasp some of these concepts. And really they're not because you're right. They they see it. They see it every day when we are ordering, you know, packages through Amazon or we're going to the grocery store and we're buying different things. And and they hear the conversation between mother and father, you know, that's going on as they begin Mm -hmm. to grow up. And I think it's important to start and then just instilling these principles and hopefully they will have them when they become adults. And we just build upon it from there. But very important point that you made there. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it even goes to not abusing the things that you have. There was another time where something broke and she said, that's OK, you'll buy another one. And I said, oh, no, that's not how we handle things like you. You have to be careful with the things you have because you may not be able to have another one or get another one. And right. so. And, and kids, you know, they, they're rough on things and they don't know. And so we tried to teach her, like, the consequence of breaking something is that that could be the only time you're going to have it. And right. 
that is also a financial decision. Like she thinks we're just going to go out and buy whatever, but <laughs> it's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we see it. I, I tell you, you're in for a treat, Krista. I have uh, two, <laughs> not to panic, but uh, I have, I have two teenage, <laughs> two teenage daughters, 15 and 17. And, uh, you know, we've been teaching them about finances for quite some time. But yet and still, they're inundated with, you know, uh, media. They're in, you know, they're around their friends of what they have versus what they have, and what's in and what's not, and the pressures of trying to compete sometimes. And uh, yeah. I have to, I have to say, my wife and I, we have held our ground on a whole lot of things when it comes to that financial aspect of their lives, and Good we're thankful you. now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough because we want the best and we want to provide and give our children uh, these things to enjoy in life. But sometimes we have to say no, and yep. in addition to teaching them along the way. So there's, no is not a bad word. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah. like, with regards to that, there are ways that you can get kids involved at those older ages and say, okay, so – we have a budget in place for this thing that you want to do. Like, let's say we're talking about those school curricular activities, like, and all of those cost something. And you can say, well, we've allocated, they're kind of expensive these days. So we have $500 and $500 means that we can get you all the equipment for baseball and maybe all the equipment for volleyball, but we cannot also get you all the equipment for now. I'm out of sports for some other sports. Um, so you help you have them involved in it and say, so we only have so much time anyways. You don't have an endless amount of time in the day because we have homework and we have other responsibilities. And we know that we have a finite amount of money. Let's choose together. Like, let's really think through what's the most important for you and what do you want to prioritize for yourself. And that is, you know, you multiply that out times however many ages. That's like a conversation you have with everybody as in their financial life. So you're already prepping them, you're using the words, and you're helping it. You're helping them understand how it works for something that is relevant to them right then and there. And then they can understand, like, this is how, this is how it affects me. And then you get them to also be the decision maker so they can be satisfied with the choice that they made and they don't have to be like, Mom, Dad, that's not fair, you won't give it to me. So mm-hmm. it's very, you know, when you think about it, you're – it probably dawns on you. Yes, there's so many ways I can do this. And and so that's what I really try to encourage people to do is just stop and think, how can I avoid this argument with my child by having a more thoughtful conversation with them? Because generally a lot of that stuff comes down, you know, to money, unfortunately. So it's definitely doable. It just is something that takes a little bit more thought. And then, yes, like you said, you have to say no sometimes, and you're going to deal with that blowback. But that is something that I think that they definitely need to understand and learn because when they are out of the house, no is probably going to be something they hear a lot. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to be be facing that in the next – year or so with my one daughter that's she's upcoming senior and she's going to be off into college and i got one following up uh you know whatever you know the decision that she make whatever you know in life and hey uh, you mom and dad we're here at the same time we're not going to be paying your bills going forward for the rest of your life uh you're going to have to manage 
Yeah, you got to manage your own life and 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 go from there. Take the principles that we're teaching you now, and put them yep. into practice. And you know, you you got to live. You, the bird cannot yeah. stay in the nest here. It has to get out and get out and yeah. fly on its own. So. <laughs> And I think if you are proactive in discussing these financial matters with them as they arise and are relevant to your child, then you've better prepared them for that so that you're not like pushing them out at 18. Like, let's see if you can fly, you know, they're, they're ready to go. You've given them the tools and you might need to teach them about co-pays and their own car insurance, but they've basically got the, the good fundamentals of what they need to do to be successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as we're winding down, if you can give me, as we're coming to close, uh, can you kind of give me or give all my listening audience uh, members, uh, my parents that are out there, what could you give like maybe two points of advice uh, to them in reference to teaching their children money skills? What what two or three points could you give them right now uh, to kind of focus on when it comes to teaching their children about sure. money skills? I think yeah. they absolutely need to talk to them. Don't avoid it. No matter what it is, no matter how uncomfortable, and if you even think to yourself, but I'm no good at this myself, well, you're an adult. You know, you've made it. So you definitely have a skill set and you should – Empower yourself to have that conversation no matter how old your kid is because they need it. They need the guidance from you. The studies even show like 60% of millennials go to their moms for financial advice. So you are absolutely somebody that your kid needs to have them teach, have them teach you them about money. And I think that credit card debt is a huge thing. Um, I don't know that it's a conversation that parents are having because it's kind of abstract, I guess, but there are ways that you can play games to show them that this is how this works. Uh, And it's really important because even though now they have put some things, the protections in place for younger kids or our younger adults so that they can't just open a credit card at 18 and run it all up, but they still – may not fully understand the impact. And when they can run up a credit card without their parent co-signing, they might because you may not have prepared them for that. And they might not understand the the impact of 21% interest and what that really means and why paying the minimum is just going to balloon into paying the balance of the card, you know, a hundred times over. Those numbers are quite shocking. And what I find is that a lot of the young people that come to me are either unbelievably in debt or have none at all personal credit card debt. And um, there's no one with like the fine balance, which means to me that that conversation is not happening. And so I like to, I, I think that it's really important that parents tell their kids about credit cards and how they work so that they'll know and that the kid can make their, an informed decision for themselves. Perfect. Perfect. Perfectly stated. Now, how can uh, people contact you, meaning you have website information and all? Yes. So I am at evolvecap.com, which is E-V-O-L-V-E. took me a long time to remember how to spell that. Um, (laughs) Evolvecap.com. And then um, so all my contact information is on there. And also I have a YouTube channel full of little tidbits about 
how to like make sure you're doing what you got to do to be successful in life, which is Evolve Capital YouTube channel. I think if you just Google it, it'll take you there, or it's at Evolve Capital. Um, so, and I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook. I'm very accessible. I'm even on Instagram. <laughs> so Way you can get me go. any which way you can. <laughs> Absolutely. Reach out and touch you. <laughs> That's Perfect. right. That's right. Well, Krista, it has absolutely been a delight having you here on the show. Thank you so much for being here and the information that you were able to give out tonight. Thank you. It was very, it was very much my pleasure. I really appreciate it. You're so nice to talk to you and make it very easy. <laughs> well, thank you again. Thank you again. Well, that's a wrap, and I want to thank you so much again for being here on the show. And thank all of my listeners for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Ship Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, if you've missed any of the past shows, you can catch them on the CWR Talk Network website. And that is www.cwrtalknetwork.com. Or you can catch... Uh, all of the shows on Google Play, Stitcher, or iTunes. And you can touch base with me personally at my website at www.shipmanconsulting.com. And you can catch me on social media as well, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I always just tell people, Google my name and you'll find my picture and, and how to contact me. <laughs> So I want to tell, every, tell everybody, remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. Thank you again, Krista, for being here on the show. Thank you. Take care. And take care, everyone, and we will talk to you next week. Now we're going to go out with a little music called Buenos Amigos by Mr. Gerald Albright.